Welcome to Chef's Table. I'm Jim Coleman. It's hard to believe that it's been nearly a year since Hurricane Katrina made landfall on the Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana coast. On today's show, we'll see how the region is faring. The reviews have been mixed. Some say they're on the road to normalcy. Others indicate that help has been sorely lacking. And you can't talk about the effect of Katrina without looking at the heart of New Orleans and its food culture. We have a lot of famous chefs like Emeril and Paul Prudhomme who've come from Louisiana. And they didn't become famous because they were cooking steaks. They became famous because they were cooking Louisiana seafood. So it's absolutely part of our culture. It's, it's an economic machine. It's the foundation for so which so many other businesses are built on. But first, let's look back on a reflection by writer Andre Codrescu. He has called Louisiana home for two decades now. His latest book, New Orleans Mon Amour, is a collection of his observation about his beloved adopted city, including the following commentary that originally aired on NPR's All Things Considered just weeks after the hurricane. Each day has its own pictures. Bumper-to-bumper traffic two states long. A frenzied mob in a domed prison. Rising water. The hungry pushing carts out of looted stores. Rooftops in a lake as vast as the eye can see. Dead city, silent city. The survivors, the tribes. Stadiums filled with refugees. Helicopters over a dead, unlit city. A ragged parade of decadence spitting defiance. Television cameras as numerous as marchers. A can of tuna and a strand of beads. Dead pets rotting away behind locked doors. The smell of putrefaction visible. Muck, darkness, heat, an eviscerated pigeon, two dogs shot by a hired executioner, a sea of horrible stories rising like swamp fever from the foul mouth of dear ones from exile. We are all working in this pit of sorrow to unfreeze time. I think what people in other cities find hard to understand is just how much New Orleanians love their city. Everybody in New Orleans loves the food, the music, and our sense of time, slow time, that's peculiar to us and to us only. There is a velvety sensuality here at the mouth of the Mississippi that you won't find anywhere else. Tell me what the air feels like at 3 a.m. on a Thursday night in late August in Shaker Heights, and I bet that you won't be able to say because nobody stays up that late. But in New Orleans, I'll tell you, it's like ink and honey passed through silver moonlight. Accuse me of poetry, go ahead, but prove that it isn't so. You can't, because New Orleans is made of a tissue of poetries that wove each other together over time. Take food, for instance, and what they think New Orleans food is in New York or in Seattle, And whatever it is they think it is has already come back to New Orleans and been absorbed into our food. In other words, New Orleans is itself, but also all the reflections of what others project onto us. Same goes about the music and about all the places the music made world famous. New Orleans is an essence, something that if boiled would be so pungent you'd think that a perfumed boil on the devil's head burst open. But right now we feel every feeling, anger and sadness, sorrow and terror, and guilt, especially guilt. The same sweet laissez-faire that makes our life so enjoyable may be at the root of that civic complacency that turned a blind eye on corruption and gave no thought to tomorrow. Louisiana isn't called the dream.